Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Listeners to the People's Democratic Republic of Podcast. Been a while. This time I have decided to not to speak about the United States of America. What a surprise. And uh, return to the original roots of this podcast and talk about other countries. And this time, this time I want to speak about the country that um, some people would call America's hat. But I think that uh, that this country is worth <laughs> so much more than this. Is you know, lately, since the election of US, U.S. last president, Donald Trump, lost in every sense of this word, quite possibly, a lot of people have been speculating about emigrating to Canada. But how much do you know about this country? And to all of our EU listeners, Canada has been one of our most noted allies in NATO. And unlike other states, Canada has been always... Uh, has always been a trust trustworthy ally. It has always been there for everyone, basically. So, let us discuss what's going on in Canada. How life is there. What are the differences between Canada and other countries? And what is the political scene on the spot? So, uh, for that reason, I have Rob Calabrese here. I hope I pronounced the surname correctly. You got it the, perfectly. The... the, the uh, my fellow Dark Lord from Dark Myths Collective and host of the wonderful Baddest Ass podcast. But yeah, Rob, just introduce yourself and, and sure. let's, let's get this thing going. Well, first of all... Let's make let's make the show not depressing for starters. All the lost ones have been very, very sad oh, and serious. Sure, yeah. Well, first, thank you very much for even asking me to be here, Kristaps. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours and uh, embarrassingly... Didn't really know a lot about Latvia until I started listening to your various podcasts. And I find the similarities between Canada and Latvia quite compelling. And to the point where I secretly, not publicly, obviously, cheer for Latvia 
during international hockey tournaments. I, oh, uh, hockey is a big deal here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, we're both hockey nations, and uh, I really enjoy your work, either uh, through uh, the People's Democratic Republic of Podcast or uh, a big fan of the Eastern Border as well. So thanks very much for asking me. I am really have been looking forward to this for some time. Well, also I have to mention that originally it was intended that two people would be here representing somewhat more polarized spectrum of the political political in the political sense sure but our friend chris daniels couldn't make it because he had technical difficulties with his computer but he wrote to us a bunch of notes about what he thinks about politics from a more right-wing perspective mm -hmm. i presume but yeah we shall be we shall be looking at these notes at some point too and uh, discussing them but yeah to get to that point, let us let us think about all this nice situation. Um, I don't know. The only thing I knew about Canada before starting to work on this this episode was the fact that you have beaten the United States in every war you have fought, which is quite interesting. Uh, <laughs> that I think, you know what? That's debatable. Uh, well, you did I, burn down the White House. Well, that's true. <laughs> but uh, you're referring, of course, to the War of 1812 where Americans will tell you, hey, this was United States versus Great Britain, and technically they're correct about that. But, but Great Britain doesn't even register that this is a separate war, or that they even remember this war. Well, but, but uh, 1812 predates Canada as a, as a nation, so, as a sovereign nation anyway. So it was, they will always refer to the War of 1812 as being against the British. And even then, it is, uh, it's not exactly clear who the winner of that war was. Certainly it was an attempted invasion, which was stopped. So you could easily say that uh, the British won that war. And like you had mentioned, the White House burned. But there were uh, cities captured and lost on both sides. It was, uh, there's some great stories about uh, uh Polit or, uh, military shenanigans to win battles in the War of 1812, actually, where um, I believe it was uh, when they were they had the fort the fort at Detroit surrounded, and it was uh, British soldiers and uh, the Aboriginal peoples from Canada who were fighting on the side of the British and. Um, when they were marching past, they had all the British soldiers march past. And then they had uh, the uh, Aboriginal people march past, then go in, in a circle and keep marching past. Was, uh, they were marching in a circle, but it looked like one unbroken line of soldiers that were coming to take over the fort. And he said, uh, look, Detroit, uh, when we finally capture this fort, I can assure you, my soldiers who are here in the red coats will afford you all of the normal conventions of war should you surrender. However, the rest of our army, I cannot make that guarantee. And then the white flag went up without a single shot being fired. And there were some really creative uh, battles and military strategies in that and we like Canadians like Montreal fell to the Americans Detroit fell to the British but 
it it all seemed not 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 much changed over the course of that war. Well, I don't know. There are a few things that Canada is like really famous for. I mean, you have these Mounties, which apparently have no no limits on their jurisdiction and everything. But I want to start about. I want to start with the question like like what is the main difference between you and the United States? Like, cause you're you're right next door. You didn't join the revolution for That's some right. reason. Yeah. And uh, so, what would be the main difference? You're right. We're we're closely related. Two two products of the same mother, I guess, being uh, Great Britain. And it seemed uh, when all the colonies were deciding whether or not to uh, leave. Britain through the American Revolution. The ones up in the northern areas were not keen on that. And people who were loyal to the crown, who lived in the 13 colonies in the United States, began to flood in. And so many people are descended from those. They're, they're called loyalists even today. There's Loyalist College, uh, different uh, towns which were nothing but loyalists. And we stayed loyal to the crown, and we stayed very much as part of Great Britain, United Kingdom, when it comes to the parliamentary system of government and uh, the law system of laws, where the United States went uh, the republic route. So politically, we're very different. However, culturally, we're very similar. Hmm. Interestingly enough, I, I find it weird because uh, I can't really... You, you never really had a revolution. I mean, you still have Elizabeth II as your monarch. It's just that you are not a part of Great Britain anymore. You are just another country which happens to be ruled by... Kind of ru ruled in the sense of your monarch is Elizabeth II. Same as she is the monarch of, I think, Australia still, New That's Zealand, right. and many other yeah. of her territories. That always struck me as kind of weird. How can she be... It's like... She is the ruler of many, many sovereign That's nations. True. Well, she's the head of... She's Canada's head of state. No matter who Prime Minister is, she is Canada's head of, head of state, as will uh, Prince Charles next, and then William, and right on down the line. It's, but he is your head of state, not as the King of England, but as the King of... Canada, that's, Queen of Canada at this point. That's right. That's correct. And you, essentially, that means that means basically that you do not care who is the King of England. You only care who is the King of Canada, and you have your own very specific rules of succession, everything of that sort. Well, actually, they as were as far as I understand. They were uh, talking about that just as recently as last year in Canada's Parliament as to whether or not because uh, the, six, the rules of succession for um, Great Britain's monarchy is the crown passes to the oldest son. And uh, the debate in our House of Commons was, well, that's obviously sexist. Therefore, are we still going to adhere to this? And basically, they settled on Look, the next in line for the throne is a man. The one after that is a man. The one after that is a boy who will become a man. So this is not something that's going to be an issue for decades. And it was kind of left at that. But the issue did come up. 
So it's like you decided to just disregard this problem because it's not a problem as of right now. That's that's correct. Yeah, it's it's going so to be decades down the road until the next in line is a female. I mean, at least Canada, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Canada making sense and not giving a shit. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes. Okay, but let's 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 move on. When we when, now now we have this very historic background kind of settled here. Let's move on to a bit of modern era, and I would like to talk about World War II as you know the the splitting sure. point. That, that's only my splitting point. If you if you want to choose some other breaking point, when we can start to talk about modern Canada, I don't know if, if you have other sure. other points of in history where you want to talk, then, then yeah, you pick them. Well, but I think World War II is kind of the breaking point. Here. Sure, the uh, Canada the Confederation for Canada was in 1867, still and up. I guess right up until World War II, our closest relationship was with Great Britain. That was always seen as the motherland, the mother country or whatever. The, um, uh, up until World War I, that's when many authors in Canada describe the country as becoming its own sovereign entity, as sending soldiers over in their own divisions and really, uh, I guess, coming out to the world that uh, Canada is a, is a country that can make decisions on its own and is no longer uh, just a, a vast, empty colony of the United Kingdom. Now, I guess that, that World War I uh, experience is often cited as a turning point for this country. And World War II is often seen as a turning point for Canada as well, as our primary relationship, our number one relationship, changed from the United Kingdom to the United States. And that, that was partly to do, I think, with the power shift that happened around that immediately after World War II as well. Right now, when we talk about okay, but when when we talk about like the modern parties, yeah, let's let's talk about your parties and started. Let's talk about the Parliament of Canada. How does your Parliament work? Apparently, you have two, like essentially two houses of legislation. But apparently, as far as I read this, somehow the monarch also plays a role in the Parliament. How does this happen? Apparently, yes. she's represented by the Viceroy. That's right, who is called the Governor Who's... General. Yeah, apparently. And mostly, almost always, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you an overview of the political system, but I'll, because you bring up this vo Viceroy, I will tell you just a, a brief story. That, yeah, okay. Uh, I, just, I just, I just want to put, I just want to put in place the whole thing about, like, we have to understand about what we'll be talking about. Sure. Here. Okay. The uh, this is a parliamentary system, very much like uh, the the system of you know parliamentary democracies, like uh, Great Britain, where the or Latvia, for that matter, too. Yeah. The there's the House of Commons. There is the Senate. The Queen has a representative whose role is 99.9% .9 of the time symbolic. They, the representative is appointed by the prime minister, and uh, 
they will basically just they will be a goodwill ambassador there are across the country they'll they will obviously have a, a lot of duties in the parliamentary system when it comes to um, protocol and things like that but they have almost no power and the only reason i say almost is because uh, a few years ago one of our major parties which was in a minority situation meaning they didn't have enough seats in the house of commons to have a majority therefore other parties came together and they were going to defeat this government enforcing an election now one strange rule that was available to this party who was who led the minority government was to go to the governor general and ask them to prorogue parliament meaning take a long break and otherwise their government would have been defeated and that governor general did it and that actually saved them from being defeated in the election but other than that in my lifetime I cannot think of any time the governor general had an impact on how government unfolded. Interesting enough, I'm, I'm, I'm reading here that even though essentially the representative acts more like vice presidents in presidential, presidential republics or how our own president would act in our parliamentary system, which does not have a monarch. Is okay. that somewhat correct? Yes, I guess. Yeah, I guess that would be correct. Although the um, the governor general has no political affiliation and is usually chosen based on mm -hmm. having no sort, no sort of uh, partisan connections. Yeah, that that is by the way the same here in Latvia. Okay, because over here in Latvia we only elect the part. We have a we have a single house of of uh, parliamentary we, we have a single house government yes and we don't elect our president directly essentially the parliament elects the president and right. they usually pick someone who has no party connections whatsoever we've actually what is just, weird uh yeah we've just recently changed with our latest government because our other house uh, is the senate where uh, people are appointed by the prime minister and this is basically referred to as the uh, house of sober second thought where legislation will have to when it gets made in the house of commons it will pass on to the senate they then get to put a stamp on it now these are political appointees and uh they're there for life and that's uh the final step before things become law and quite often things will make it through uh, the Senate no problem. It's very, it's, it's rare occasions when uh, things get uh, hung up in there. But recently there was, uh, I guess in the last two, two or three years, uh, people were found to be abusing their expense accounts and people started raising the question, well, should we have a Senate? And there's so much talk about Senate reform. And one thing that our current prime minister did was all he's from a party called the liberal party. He said, okay, all of the liberal senators are no longer members of the liberal party. You're all independent. So 
kind of trying to solve the problem that way. However, you know, they still will, they, they know how they Essentially, got there. Okay. Uh, also, another question is that apparently neither the queen nor her representative are allowed to participate in the, like they're, they're barred from the house of representatives. Why and how? I... Apparently, they are traditionally barred from House of Commons. Essentially, they cannot enter the House of Commons. They can only the the only the all, all the ceremonies they have to they have to attend take place in the Senate chamber. Apparently, huh? I was not aware of that. I was... It is because of some influence or something, but but yeah, yeah. It sounds like uh, probably a, an old rule that's become more of a a tradition than anything. But uh, yeah, huh? That's uh, that's interesting. It's not very often we have a monarch visiting. Well, it's, it, I guess it's happened several times over Queen Elizabeth II's life. But well, she's the longest training monarch of 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 many places, apparently. That's true. <laughs> okay, so what kind of parties do you have? You have the Liberal Party, which apparently has your Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. That's right. They uh, last year won a majority government, meaning they control a majority of the seats in the House of Commons and therefore get 100% of the power. Now, but as far as far as I know, in the Senate, they are not in the, in the majority, but that's because they're, they're, they're of this lifelong policy. That, right? That's right. Um, it's... Our previous prime minister, because he was very anti-Senate and wanted the Senate abolished, decided as a because and because he was unable to do that because that means opening up, uh, making constitutional amendments, which in Canada is to say that you're going to change anything in the Constitution is to say that you're going to do nothing, because it's almost impossible to do. Um, Basically, that, that that would involve the queen herself, apparently, as far as I understand it. Well, you need, sort of. you need such widespread agreement across very diverse provinces. And it's just, they it's so hard to get them to agree on anything because everyone is so afraid of losing an inch when it comes to any kind of uh, influence. But the the previous prime minister, as a protest, I, because he wasn't able to abolish the Senate, he decided he was not appointing any senators. And then when he realized <laughs> this is not working out well because none of our laws are getting through, that uh, he started to pack him in toward the end. And eventually they did lose the... Uh, majority of the Senate. But for the most part, the, our, our Senate acts somewhat non-partisanly. They, it's not uh, when you, I mean, I've been watching a lot of Senate confirmation hearings in the United States recently, and uh, it's, it's a very partisan atmosphere there. Well, I mean, they're always looking for re-election too. So whereas these are lifelong appointees, I think some of that gets gets lost there. But uh, yeah, the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is uh, very popular. I think worldwide, he is in the United States anyway. 
but uh, he is uh, the leader of the Liberal Party. And power in Canada since we were uh, became a country in 1867 has shifted between that party and the Conservative Party. We have, uh, which uh, I guess is just, if you, if you, I, I'll be making a lot of references to the United States because that's that's what people know. Our liberal party is farther left than, say, the Democrats. Our conservative party is farther left than the Republicans. But the power would okay, go but, but, back and forth between that, those two. Yeah, but I'm I'm reading on this right now, at least in the House of Commons, which is which is the main main thing where. Which is the place where things happen, as far as I yeah. get it. Mm -hmm. You have the Liberal Party, you have the Conservative Party. Yeah. Well, boy, you are—you sure are inventive with your party names. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, yeah. Our next, uh, our next uh, is new, new Democratic, as that's I right. see. Yes, that's uh, more. What do they? Liberal and Conservative are boring, and they ex apparently explain what, what they sort of want. Technically, if you want to mention mention something special about them, go on. But you know, they are quite a card cut. <laughs> Card-cutting politicians, as I see them. I mean, the yes. Liberal Party is... The, the New Democratic Party is would be farther left than the Liberal Party, which it's a divided left always in Canada. So they're, so the, so they're like Bernie Sanders. Then again, Bernie Sanders would probably be a conservative in Canada. Uh, no, he wouldn't. No, Bernie Sanders wouldn't be a conservative, I don't think. Because the influence of the United States is pushing our parties farther apart as well. I think, but uh, yeah, the New Democratic Party is a responsible. Uh, they were the more recent of the one, new ones. They're more uh, pro-union and pro-socialist uh, policies. We also have, I guess, the next biggest party would be the Bloc Québécois, which is a separatist party. Now, when Canada was originally uh, settled by Europeans. It was French. People. I have heard rumors together with the rumors about Scotland leaving UK mm -hmm. and Catalonia leaving Spain. I have heard rumors of, you know, Quebec trying to get out of Canada. That's right. And are these are these the get out of Canada guys? That's them. Yep, that is them. They are the uh, federal political wing of uh, a separatist movement in Quebec who wants to make Quebec, which is Canada's geographically largest province and uh, it is a French-speaking province. It's the only one whose official language is just French and they, the separatists, want to make Quebec a sovereign nation. They have a provincial political wing and in the 70s even had, uh, I guess you would call it by today's standards, a a terrorist group called the FLQ who uh, kidnapped politicians and the, who they ended up uh, getting murdered. And it always seems every it's cyclical. Quebec has been fighting, or I guess separatists have been fighting for Quebec's independence for generations, but it, every once in a while it starts to gain more steam and in the 90s there was a referendum on their separation which uh, was voted 51 49 to in favor of staying a part of canada so a very narrow victory 
we get down to, I guess, as far as uh, popularity goes, the Green Party would be next. And the Green Party has one member who is the leader uh, named Elizabeth May, and uh, she is an environmental lawyer and really has, uh, for example, has forged a good relationship with the Liberals. But the Liberals will not run a candidate against her in whatever riding she is in, in uh, British Columbia. She uh, Okay, so how, okay. this again brings the question, how are the elections happening in your country? As usual, as usual in Latvia, it's like this, you have a you have party lists and then you just drop in your party list with, with the list of candidates in them and you can just cross some out and or type pluses to those you like more so that they move up and down the list that way. How does the, uh, in, in Israel, for example, you just vote for the party as a whole. Yeah. Um, so how do you vote in Canada? Well, actually, just yesterday, um, the, a big election issue last year was electoral reform. Because we probably use the most outdated agrarian electoral system in the world. I, I can't think of it being more antiquated. But the system is every riding in Canada has uh, an election. There are different... Every what? Every, I guess every uh, jurisdiction or every... It's a riding or a... It's called riding in Canada. Okay. Yes, yeah. Uh, territory for which a member of parliament will stand and represent. Uh, there's, you vote for one person. Now, that winner of that riding will go to Ottawa, representing you and uh, the party they represent. Whoever, whichever party elects the most members will if they have more than half, have a majority government, which is 100% of the power. Otherwise, if the other parties uh, have more than half, they will have a minority government and are forced to then work with the other parties. In coalition because, systems, yes. Yes, but they've ne very rarely will... I don't know if we've ever had a coalition government here. I'm quite certain we never have. Um, Basically, what will usually happen is the minority government will, I guess, try harder to appease the opposition. And uh, if it, they don't do a good enough job at that appeasement, they are then defeated and uh, they will force an election. So we could have federal elections. Yeah, we could have one a year apart, you know. Normally, with a majority government, it'll be four years. How could, yeah, four years is the standard term, but how could they first force an election? Well, because they would, for example, any if, for example, okay, uh, say the Conservative Party has a minority government. And I use this example because this happened the most recently. The, more, the uh, Conservative Party has a minority government and they try to pass a budget. Now, if the other parties are not satisfied with that budget, because this would be what's called a money bill. Oh, yeah. And if, if, if a bill, yeah, we have the something similar here in Latvia. If a bill related to budget fails, then, you know, government fails as well. That's correct. Yeah, that's the this, same way it will happen here. 
this is so that everyone would sit down and make some sense. Then again, we have, we and Israel haven't had a government that, uh, because Israel was the first first country we spoke about on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's quite weird for me, because we, for example, have never had anything but coalition governments. Well, that's what we're... And, and- and when when I read about Denmark, it was also weird. But but this is this is quite interesting about all this situation. But so, what I what I understand is that you elect go elect the members of parliament one by one in each of your districts. That's correct. You don't have any party lists. No, we don't have anything like that. However, uh, the, our system of uh, electoral system is called first past the post, and people are looking around and seeing that. This system is not fair because of our, our parties that we, that we just talked about. Because the Bloc Québécois is a regional party, nationally, they can get 10% of the vote and un- end up with 40 seats because they're only running in one section. We've had the Bloc Québécois as the second most powerful party in the country because of that where the green party will get 10 percent of the vote but because it's diluted across the entire country will get one seat so you can see how that it's very it's very frustrating and it can cause people to i think just not vote because if you don't vote for the party who wins it's like you're flushing your vote down the toilet. Now, Justin Trudeau, when he was elected last year, said this will be the last election that we have that's first past the post and we'll get to some sort of proportional representation system. And just yesterday, he came out and said um, we are not able to uh, fulfill this promise. Basically, they did a survey and they said the appetite for change is not there, so we're not going to do it. However, that was a major plank in their platform, and he's really uh, <laughs> he's eating crow on this one. Uh, but it's only happened yesterday. We'll see how long this sticks to him. So essentially, you have five parties that that run the gamut over there. Well, sort of five. Liberals, Conservatives, New Democratic Party, Bloc, Quebec, I, I don't speak French, okay. and the Greens. Uh, and you said something about regional parties. So how does that work? Do you have something like the, do you have something like states? Do you have yes, territories or something? Right. Yep. How does this work? How can you have a party that is in a region but not everywhere else? Well, this is a geographically large country for example well, you are the second largest country on the planet earth that's right like uh, yes th- this, some of the listeners might not know but yes can- canada is second only to russia that's right and is actually way larger than the united states just because it doesn't look like that on the globe doesn't mean it's not true <laughs> you, should, you should look at you should look at more more accurate representations yeah. our, our mechator our mechator representation of how things look like is a bit skewed mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know you have you have all these huge territories well, and uh, yeah with with the territories another question comes you have uh, 
See, when I when I was running in this, I, I was running in a TV contest, which was basically a ripoff of a Canadian TV contest. Who wants to be the prime minister here? Okay. Yeah. And over there, there was a, there was there was this uh, this guy. We watched the sample episode, and there was something about the. Oh, guys, I guess you call them the First Nations government yes, as well. That's right. They have some certain sense of autonomy as well. I will I will talk about First Nations later as well, but I, I think... Well, do they have political impact too here? I mean, on, on the actual parliament, which is not Her Majesty's parliament. Right. Uh, well, that's debatable. Uh, however, First Nations issues have been... Like, First... We call them First Nations people here. Uh, I guess, depending on where you're from, there's they're the indigenous people, the aboriginal people who lived in North America, uh, Native Americans, I think they call them in the United States, but there are just hundreds of nations that uh, occupied the continent before European settlement. And through war and disease, their populations are quite small and again they're also quite spread out right across the country so it's it's difficult to because the way our system is it is difficult to have a, a political force there is a uh, a body of first nation the assembly of first nations who elects a chief and they will uh, lobby for different issues, they will, um, you know, they will critique different legislations. They will. Uh, Justin Trudeau, part of one of his, um, one of uh, his big uh, election, I guess, wins was the fact that he wanted to be more accountable to First Nations people because they're they face serious problems in Canada. For example, uh, suicide rates among First Nations young people are very high. Uh, missing and murdered Aboriginal women is also uh, a very big problem. And uh, is, there's talk of even uh, having a public inquiry into the state of uh, missing and murdered uh, Aboriginal women. There are also... Wait, what? What? Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you here, but why is it so? This this caused me an interesting thing because uh, <laughs> it, it's weird because you know, I I in United States the population of uh, the their Aboriginal people is very very low right now. It's extremely tiny mm -hmm. because they 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 had a very as my listeners should know by this point, the United States had a very active policy of extermination towards these people. Yes. Over here in Latvia, we are the Aboriginal right. people yeah. who were themselves under this policy of various things. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that is why I'm very interested about your Aboriginal people here, because you know, I uh, it might sound silly, but I kind of feel closer to those guys than than to your Anglo-Saxon yeah. imperial sure. government. Yeah, Und yeah, understandably so. Um, I, I don't know if there was such ag aggressive policies against Canada's First Nation people. First of all, there absolutely there were horrible atrocities, just just mind bending horrors that uh, happened to them over the centuries. 
Um, yes, but why are they still here? Why is the suicide rate so high? Because you know, I, I guess, I guess, right now we're we're hitting down to the meat of sure. the episode yep. here. We we got all the parties, we got everything. I might ask you some some questions about sure. about like how 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 things went through the, the Cold War, but right now we're down to the problems. So. Yeah. The, uh, why is the suicide rate so high? Why why are the problems so 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 severe? Right. Well, it mostly has to do with poverty and the cycle of abuse and uh, alcoholism and just on and on. Aboriginal people um, usually, or uh, a great number, live on uh, what are called reservations or reserves which was uh, quite often territory they were moved to and said, okay, you have autonomy over this land, which it was never, it was usually not an ideal place. It was, could have been very far from their home, for example, uh, when you're talking about uh, Canada's involvement in World War II and the Cold War specifically, we were very lockstep with the United States, but we had a very large, empty land in the north. We've got just millions of square kilometers of nothing. So in order to exert our sovereignty over that and prevent Russia from encroaching, the government of Canada actually moved Inuit, which is, uh, I guess, what uh, the people of the north... We call that their name is the Inuit. Most would know them as like Eskimo people uh, or something like that. But move them <laughs> but, to but, but, barren rocks but, but, and, and, and the thing, force them neither to live Eskimo there. or Inuit is correct, mind you, because Inuit is also just one of the tribes of all those people. They have their own right, names. Right, but I'm referring it's, specifically. It's weird and complicated, but I know, I know. Oh, you're referring specifically yeah, to the Inuit. Yes, because okay. this, they were just moved to this uh, uh, one's. Uh, island that was just completely barren in the Arctic, so far north, farther north than people even live, just so Canada would have people there, therefore able to claim that as sovereign territory and fend off any any uh, encroachment from Russia. Uh, that was that was just that's just one example, but it it happens hundreds of times over right across the country, where uh, people were. Uh, herded onto uh, very small and um, inhospitable areas to live and basically uh, they were set they were set on the they were left on on their own and uh, without uh, their traditions there was a policy that the Canadian government came up with called the residential schools now, this is a very dark time in Canada's past where schools were built right across this country. Children were taken from Aboriginal families and forced to go to the, these schools. And so many of them died. And they... Wait, 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 wait. Uh, okay, I can understand this idea about, you know... They, these are people that are living uh, with their own traditions and everything, but uh, you you could look at this from a humanitarian standpoint because you start you start your sentence by standing okay these are these government schools and I'm like okay though well, then they're then they're being taught like English and maths and that's sort of good thing and then you move on and then so many died 
Yeah. Wait, no, what? it's not. It's not a good thing at all. Like the residential school's philosophy was to kill the savage and save the child. So they would be just taken screaming from their families and not be able to see them for years. And just they were run usually by religious orders and just the most horrifying cases of abuse systematic abuse that happened at these schools and once they were old enough to leave were taking that emotional baggage back to their families they many of them died from not getting adequate food there were so many cases because they had to learn uh, farm work they would be growing vegetables that the school would sell while the children were starving. It's just oh wow. So so it's kind of like these these schools basically run on the assumption that they would go out in public and they would say that oh, oh look we are helping these people, even though that would be like mostly a scam run by zealous fanatics who would actually not actually care about these That's people. That's right. There. That's right. And oh, okay. just the tales of emotional and physical and sexual abuse are just. Uh, they just had a public inquiry on that recently, and it was it was just heart wrenching the stories that uh, people had to share because this this went up, this continued on. This is not a hundred years ago. This was the '60s, you know. What? Oh, this is this is a recent. I mean, it started it started in the 1800s, but it continued on like it. It's layers and layers deep. Hmm. It's it's interesting now because yeah I guess well uh, it's hard to me to understand all the problems that Canada is facing simply because you are such a huge vast country. But I don't know. My first reaction to all this resettlement thing was, well, why didn't they just build a military base up there? And then I started thinking, well, it would be it would be like logically impossible to basically build a huge military base over there yeah. and i think i think and about and about these uh, first nations yeah recently you know i listened to dan carlin everyone listens to mm -hmm. dan carlin if you don't you totally should and <laughs> and he had this discussion about about the global warming on his common sense if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. about about all the situation and i'm like and I, um, I started to think about you know people living in in these people living way up north apparently you know they are people who feel this this whole absolutely situation the most and and uh, another because i've been reading on news and uh i don't know who she is but apparently one of your famous canadian singers tanya tagak very russian name by the way mm -hmm. she uh complained that facebook had suspended her account over a photo that she shared which was a seal fur photo mm -hmm. that her friend had made for her Teenage son, yeah, like Tanakh's friend post made a seal for code for her teenage son, posted that on Facebook, and that got shared by this this lady Tagak, and apparently that got her banned because she's she's been in fights against uh, for this tradition. Even though I googled this one up, Peta, and and when talking about Peta or Peta, how we call them here, yes. I don't. Yeah. I haven't heard that word pronounced properly. You see, we're talking about people who complain about, you know, uh, 
plastic miniatures wearing plastic coats in Warhammer 40,000, okay? These people who complain about the weirdest stuff, they don't even complain about, you know, Inuits and, and, and these people living up there wearing furs, because they're doing it in extremely, as far as I have read about this situation, they're doing it in an extremely kind of environmental friendly manner. Right. They're doing this according to their traditions. It's, right. it's not like it's used or something. And apparently Facebook banned this. And, and I, I wanted to just ask how... Like, do you have much like discussion about these Inuits and and their their seal hunts or or and how is global warming affecting these people? Because I I think they are they would be the first ones to suffer. I think if if you know the the, the glaciers would melt and stuff. That's your absolutely and it's kind of, and it's and it and it's a uniquely Canadian problem, mind you. Sure. I don't know many other countries. Maybe maybe. Russia has similar problems at, yeah. at this point, and, but uh, Russia Greenland. oh and Denmark. Yep, that's right. Which is Denmark technically, but Russia is Russia is by the way competing with you for these Arctic territories. Still, I mean, I I know that there is some sort of Russian plans to build a military place there or something, but like, what's going on up in the north where the oil is, well, and apparently where people are dis being discussed, and all of this, all of the situation with the north, global warming, you know, it's furs. Uh, I'm being chaotic here. Okay, but, there, yeah, uh, there's, a, there's the a lot listeners. to unpack here. It's almost 2 a.m. here, <laughs> okay. and I'm a bit chaotic, yeah, we'll but I'm trying to I'm trying to pull this off okay, as, as, sure. as well as I yeah, can. Yeah, no, you're doing great. Uh, we'll start start off with the seal hunt. Now, uh, PETA doesn't usually have a problem with uh, the Inuit's traditional hunts. Um, they do have with plastic figurines now. Oh, so. yeah. The, and I'll get to that in just one second because I have a theory. On, anyway. Um, okay. The, the seal hunt extends right down to actually where my area, the east eastern coast of Canada, it gets fairly south. And uh, for a long time, people, even in my area, would hunt seals. However, they... And you hunt seals with a club. Now, why? Why do you? So that not the why, why do you use a club for this? Well, so you don't damage any fur. And oh, okay. We, when you're hunting them, you're out on ice, floating in water. So, I, I'm not actually. I'm actually not sure, but I would. I assume it's because if you shoot a seal, which is on the ice. It will. It may just fall in the water, and then. I, okay. But but I'm not sure. Um, the we Europe. Are, we are not biologists that's here. That's right. We're very sorry. That's right. That's an interesting question as to why, but I'm sure there's a reason because you know, guns would be much quicker and efficient. But um, in, seal products are getting uh, banned worldwide for, I guess, the perceived cruelty. Of the seal hunt. Now, the reason that PETA, I guess, has a big problem with it, I'm sure they have a problem with it because of uh, the manner in which it's conducted, but uh, I've heard theories that PETA loves, like, uh, have you ever seen a baby seal? Oh, actually, I have. Yeah, we they're pretty do have seals in the Baltic Sea. They're pretty adorable, aren't they? With great big brown eyes and. It's it's a place where they will make a lot of their money through campaigns against uh, anti-sealing. 
But uh, well, yeah, I guess I guess that that is like the cutest animal they could be campaigning for. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, they're hitting baby seals with clubs. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? People in Uganda are being hit and hit over by you know other people in yeah. Uganda with clubs. Uh, yeah. For example, I I don't know how it's like in Uganda. That was a random example of a violent country that I know of. Right. Okay. But, uh, with civil wars or something. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the seal hunt is pretty much non-existent anymore by non-Aboriginal hunters. The commercial seal hunt just because of the banning of the the products uh, worldwide. But um, when we get up into the, what is all the things that are happening in the north with global warming, that that's having a huge effect on animals living there because so many of them depend on ice to hunt, where they get on the ice, jump in the water, get the animal, come back up. That's, for example, a polar bear. Like there are uh, polar bears are do not have a very bright future, and that affects the whole food chain. And uh, Aboriginal hunters, obviously, are going to be affected by that. But another impact of global warming on the north is the Northwest Passage is opening up. Now, the Northwest Passage was inaccessible for a long time. Songs have been written about ships trying to find the Northwest Passage, which would be a way to sail across the north, move a boat from, instead of going through Panama or going below South America, a way to navigate a boat over the top of North America, where it was never really a possibility before. Now it's starting to become possible for even commercial vessels. So a lot of countries are trying to um, establish themselves as uh, custodians of the Northwest Passage. The United States, for example, wants the Northwest Passage declared international waters, and other countries are with them behind that. So Canada has always had a, a challenge in establishing its sovereignty over the North. There's a, there's a tiny island called Hans Island that's about one square kilometer that we, Canada and Denmark, are constantly fighting over. It's useless. It's nothing but a rock. However, every year, a Canadian patrol will go to Hans Island, put a Canadian flag there, and leave a bottle of Crown Royal rye whiskey. And then, at some point, a patrol from Denmark will come put a Denmark flag and leave a bottle of uh, their... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Favorite alcohol. That happens over and over. So we've established, a candidate in its past has established this thing called the Arctic Rangers, which is basically usually uh, an Inuit person who is, spends just obscene amounts of time alone on the tundra with a rifle and their wits just to have a presence patrolling an area to exert sovereignty over the north. And now that the Northwest Passage is now opening up as a viable commercial route, the, the uh, well, I guess, just the, the urgency of establishing that sovereignty is, is presenting itself more and more. Well, when you think about it, it is kind of kind of weird. I have discussion. I read that at some point Canada was uh, now now we're go, going to immigration. I heard at some point that Canada was basically due to the fact that you, in comparison to your size, your population density is one of the lowest on the planet Earth. I guess you were beaten by I guess Mongolia. And Kazakhstan on this. I can't believe that. I can't believe anyone has a sparser populated country than us. Mongolia has one. Mongolia has only one city. Yeah, but (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, okay. It's Mongolia. They have more horses than men. (laughs) And that's not a joke. Uh, as far as I am informed, obviously, I know that I have a Mongolian listener for the sh- for for eastern border. So, so hey, right, right, right up to us and inform us how it's like in Mongolia. Yes. But as far as my data are concerned, but yeah, I don't know. I I read also at one point that Canada used to basically give just random land away in like those le- less populated territories uh, over to to people who just came to Canada. Absolutely. Now, that, that seems that seems like a bit crazy. Well, that, I mean, how much land do you have? Well, and where is it? You mean present day or when we like they were trying to No, I mean, I mean I mean relatively recently during the Soviet era even. As far uh, as I know. I'm not sure. I don't know about I don't know. Maybe that's uh maybe that's true. But uh I know when uh, in the throughout the 1800s there was there was tons of land being given away, just to to get people on it and get people uh, get farms going. I know in the area where I am, we have a problem of many rural areas in this region of uh, declining population, and there is a market, a farmers market, who's having such a difficulty finding workers. They promise two acres of land if you work there for five years. So. That's something that happened last year, so it, maybe it's coming back, but you're right. It is quite sparsely populated. Immigration, this is probably, there might be more difficult countries to immigrate to, but uh, I don't know what they are. This is, uh, this is a very difficult country to move into. We have- Wait a minute. How about all these Americans and your advertisements and everything? Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I have... You've written a book about how it's like to move to Canada. Yeah. You've at least written parts of it. I have... I have... I, I started reading reading the chapters you sent me. It's still on my computer, mm-hmm. but 
with all these books on style and they just haven't had the time. Yes. But hey, it's uh, what's what what what's the thing with it? Well, I mean, I, should people move to Oak Island and seek the treasure for themselves, all of them in mass from I, Florida? I would I would love for Americans to move here to this specific area because this island is uh, experiencing severe population decline. Um, it's, however, that being said, it, uh, we have a, a skills-based system of immigration where unless you are, have a profession or a training that's in demand or you are married to a Canadian or have family here or have just obscene amounts of money in which to invest, there's no way to get in. If you're 55, it really, there's no path for you to immigrate. It's incredibly difficult. And when uh, Jeff Sessions, who is the Attorney General, uh, Donald Trump's appointed Attorney General, when uh, he was asked about his thoughts on immigration in the U.S., he said, who, and he's considered quite right-wing, he would like to see an immigration system like Canada's put in place. So it, it's, it's certainly not easy to get in here. Now, yes, we did take uh, 40,000 Syrian refugees. However, and uh, I mean, Canada and Justin Trudeau received a lot of accolades for that, and that's great. But when you look at things like how many people were taken in by Germany or Sweden, which is... I mean, Germany is over 900,000, I believe. And uh, Sweden has, I think, over uh, maybe 100,000. And when you look at the population of Sweden, that is just remarkable. And we take in 40,000. And, and <laughs> I mean, compared to the United States, we took in more than the United States. But... Uh, uh, it's like it's like you could you could you could take them all in and send them like you you would have you'd ha you have enough place to put them in basically. Well, it's not it's not a question of room. It's a question of I guess what are they going to do when they get here, and um, when uh, Donald Trump's this we're recording this on February the second, and last week. Donald Trump's, I guess, people are calling it a travel ban, went into place. And Justin Trudeau went out on Twitter and said, look, if you are looking for, we'll always be welcoming, we're diverse, that's our strength, blah, blah, blah. Yet, wait, 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 but, but, you, but you can't, as, as far as you just told me. You can't. What's that? I mean, you, Justin Trudeau said this, but according to what you just told me, you literally can't yeah, take that's more right. people. Yeah, that's right. No, we, we can. We can take in way more people. But it's, it's uh, I personally think so. Um, Justin Trudeau's tweet was all about how welcoming we are and we'll accept you and blah, blah, blah. And however, the, our quota on refugees was not raised. You know, it's, I think that was more of a message to trying to, uh, in comparison to the United States, improve Canada's brand to investors personally, because we've not made any steps to take in more with uh, this new executive order by Donald Trump.
Okay, I have also I have to mention Chris here because this was one of the most most important things that Chris Daniels posted about Canada, and uh, nice. Sorry, that's my telephone. It's excellent. This shall be kept in. Uh, <laughs> cut out the parts about the telephone, though. Let's let's make sure that you know Rob Rob finishes his rant and then starts playing playing the harmonica. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, essentially, Dan, like Chris, stated that he doesn't want more immigrants in because he's worried that the healthcare costs might rise and you might not be able to afford your healthcare system because these people would be would be dependent on 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 various services and not really provide anything for the society. And he was also afraid about the fact that it might turn like in Europe with Sharia zones and something. Now, my. my it's 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 one of the one of the arguments there that the Chris Chris is looking at what's happening on other countries with, with things and then he disapproves of this. But uh, even though yeah. uh, I don't know, and, and my my thing that I want to want to toss in with this is this uh, this attack in Montreal, mm -hmm. and I hope I pronounced correctly because apparently you don't pronounce the second the fact that you don't pronounce the second T in Toronto was a huge surprise for me. Because you do uh, that in Latvia. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah. I guess that's a that's the slang way. That's the way Canadians are, would say it. But I like the proper way to say it is Toronto, but mostly say Toronto. First, I don't know. Yeah, why. That, that, yeah. A person from Boston area told uh, told me that I should I should pronounce it without the with, with the silent second T. So. Yeah, well done. I'm, I'm using his you. advice. Yeah, no, that was good. Uh, Essentially, uh, yeah, without all this, you know, you had this recent attack on Muslim migrants. Uh, it, it's it's apparently it it's kind of a terrorist attack, but it won't be prosecuted as one, as far as CBC dot CBC right. News says. I'm using their site; sure, they, yep. they seem legitimate. Mm -hmm. And and, it's and not fake news. Those, uh, it's, it's not. It's it, not. It, look, it's it not looks fake legit. News, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're basically you're right. Why, if you have if you have all these refugees, but they're such a low number in, in, in this person of population, uh, and and Chris has his worries. Are are these people? Are these refugees a, a threat to I don't know Canadian culture in some way or form? Or or and and if if they are not, and if there's like as you say, so few of them in comparison to your size and population, mm -hmm. why are people so afraid of them? And, and and how how does this whole thing function? Sure. It, right right now in United States, see United States has had a lot of terrorist attacks. I can understand that people in the United States could be worried about all this situation. I can understand, for example, people in France would be worried about the situation. But but what what's what's there in Canada with this? Because I I presume from now what I what I know is you should kind of be happy that more people come to your country but yeah. you are very careful about vetting the people who come to your country yeah well and this is interesting because uh, a lot of a lot of american people that i've noticed uh, met and this is a side note here see american american traditional three words are what was it liberty free life liberty in the pursuit of, of happiness in yeah yeah that nonsense uh, we don't believe that exactly what happened <laughs> yeah. what would be yours 
like you, you, you don't sound like the land of liberty and life and pursuit of happiness. You, you sound like the guys of life, pursuit of happiness, and the liberty somewhere there. I don't know. Well, uh, Canada has its own uh, its own little uh, thing from its constitution that doesn't it doesn't reference uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Canada's the, and in many Commonwealth jurisdictions the phrase is peace order and good government that's what you're that's what you are entitled to peace order so and that, good government so that that whole nonsense about about massive liberties and everything and and and, and your your life nonsense and yeah canada the pragmatical country in the north america but just getting back to uh the immigration thing and uh, sp- okay, yeah. specifically the uh, the shooting in Quebec City um, this uh, on Sunday there was a man who entered a mosque during prayers and uh, opened fire killing nine uh, killing six men and wounding 19 others the the shooter was a 27-year-old white Quebecer, and uh, the victims were all uh, obviously uh, Muslim people who were praying at the time. And so there are no terrorism charges that have been laid yet. This is all very new. So the police will lay the charges that they believe they can get a conviction for so uh, he has been charged with six counts of first degree murder or maybe no sorry i think maybe five counts i'm not sure i i don't have all the details but uh this is definitely an act of xenophobia there's no denying that and uh i can't help but think this is a bit of spillover from the United States, um, just things that have it's become acceptable to talk about, and uh, and we actually are going through a Conservative Party leadership race right now, and one of the uh, candidates who nobody knew of beforehand started talking about testing immigrants for anti-Canadian values. And this was last year, and she still hasn't talked about anything that would, uh, specifics as to what this test would be. But it gets people who have these prejudices riled up. Um, the, the, The point that Chris made about immigration is a strain on the system I don't buy simply because our population is aging we're not having enough babies we need to bring people in immigration is a positive for our economy refugees are a net zero entity we need people Yes, they're going to be using hospitals, but they also pay tax, just like everybody else. Canada is a subcontinent. We could have, easily, we could accommodate a billion people. 
we have 36 million. That's to say that we can't handle more people, in my opinion, is preposterous. Well, if, if the Russians come for me finally, I know where I'm going. Oh, thank you. I mean, good. It sounds like a ni- it sounds like a nice place with awesome climate, and I can argue about hockey all day long. Well, I don't know about the perfectly. climate. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I I spent a whole I spent a while sitting in minus twenty here. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. We're we're a bit we're we're. We're like next to the Baltic Sea, but we don't have the Gulf Stream anywhere, so we're right next to an inland sea here, but Mm -hmm. it's the Baltic Sea, which freezes up in winter. At least parts of it freeze up, too. They used to for a long while, at least. Now they they do only partially. But hey, Canada seems like a nice place. Sure. Um, One thing I also want to talk about this, because we've been delving into deep subjects here, and, you know, your latest election apparently was a very... I actually watched the John Jimmy Oliver. I don't know. Uh, John Oliver last week tonight with John yes, Oliver. Yeah, yeah, I watched that. I wa- I watched that show on YouTube because uh-huh. I, I don't get it anywhere else. And he spoke about your recent Canadian elections, and he said he made it like a joke that you know, wow, campaign lasted whole thirty days. And seventy-two underst- days. It was the longest well, one in days. a generation. That's right. Yeah, you know what? Uh, to all of my American listeners here, yes, that is very long all around the rest of the planet Earth. <laughs> yes. In Latvia, it's actually forbidden to air any political commercials a month before the election. Like, one month before the election starts, you are to seize all agitation. Yeah. Completely. Secondly... Uh, secondly, negative advertisement is completely prohibited in Latvia. You can't say the other person did something terrible. You can really? only promote yourself. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. That, wow. The, 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 those are those are our two big rules. Also, we have a very strict budget on how much each party can spend on advertising. Okay. Yes. We have These like are the great rules. We have these rules here. Those are our rules. Also, that, that, that means that basically agitation starts about... And then budget is like ridiculously small. Mm-hmm. We figured this one out. We, we're going to have a municipal like municipal elections here for yeah. administrative... like for, the, for mayors of the cities around the place mm-hmm. and for the administrative districts. And it was figured out that if a party wants to wants to have a candidate in every possible city, they in total okay, this number will seem like hilariously small to you maximum amount of how much one party is allowed to spend is approximately 300,000 American dollars wow, that is pretty small a person who got elected into Euro Parliament from Latvia, because these elections usually happen here, we, we split, we, we toss them together mm-hmm. with this uh, to get into your your parliament from Latvia, a person uh, spent about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in ads. Wow! Imagine, and that's ridiculously small for Latvian standards. Appar- uh, your amount of money spent in your country is way larger, but then again, it doesn't compare like at all to what is spent in the United States. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wanted to talk about how did this election go because. Honestly, and this is... Some people might hate me, but this is, I think, a valid criticism. Because um, Dustin Trudeau, Justin Trudeau was portrayed as a bit of an 
Um, how to say this? A novice. Um, uh, to put it politely, yeah. I would say a dumb fuck because uh, because <laughs> this is my show, and I can say this because he literally offended my country and did Estonians, he really? Lithuanians too. How did he? Well, this is how he perceived it. Okay. See, uh, besides the fact that you know, in his one of his first interviews after being elected, mm-hmm. he got asked the question, "Which uh, one is like of, of the Baltic countries? Which one is your favorite?" And yes. he just laughed and said, "Ha! Oh, there is no such thing." <laughs> and then he tried later when he, when we when we started a bit pro when we started our protests and like a bit confusion settled in here in our parts of the world. Yeah. He then tried to explain that oh no no I, what I meant was that I don't have a favorite Baltic country. Not that Baltic countries don't exist. Oh. It's just that you know. Okay, well that's th- a good that's, save. That, but that's plausible. Th- th- he. Yeah, but that still proves that he was an uh, he was well, an experienced politician would not make such yeah, a mistake. Yeah, that's true. So that's to true. speak, he uh, was. Secondly, a... I watched a video on the internet where Justin Trudeau, being the son of your one of your previous prime ministers, mm-hmm. uh, like he he was interviewed by someone like a comedy show or something, and and he showed how he does a party trick where he, where he pretends to fall down the stairs yes. and then he fell down the stairs. Yes. Yeah. That's I saw look, that. Look, he might he might be a great guy or anything, but but um, he was a kid. King Canada, though, what, you know. what, what's uh, I, I I what's up? I I hope he's gone better because you know being being hardcore, uh, I, being a hardcore politician kind of should grow you up. But yeah, yeah th- this was our first reaction over here, and and you know we we are mostly politically. I think we are we are somewhat similar to you because you mm-hmm. know. Very similar healthcare programs for yeah. starters. He, uh, uh, but, he but, but, but yeah, was not a politician for a long time. I think maybe uh, one or two elections before deciding to uh, become the leader of the Liberal Party, which he did in just a, a massive landslide. And be- before I go any further, I'm not a member of his party or a or a zealot of them i vote all different parties i'm not uh i'm not partisan in the least um but certainly he was he was a young man during that fall down the stairs <laughs> I, I bet <laughs> I, I, I bet you i bet you voted for that one single independent mp in your parliament you're you're correct Th- that's safe i did not for her not specifically really. because she wasn't in my riding but uh, I did vote for that party. Okay. Wow. <laughs> cool. Well done. Then I have uh, I I have powers of prediction. Yes. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I just I just threw it on the wall or something. Yeah. But uh, but but I don't know. Just how how is this? How is politics conducted there? We spoke about like. I mentioned the elections, everything about. I mentioned Trudeau. How does this person became your your prime your prime minister, mm-hmm. and how is politics conducted in general? Because previously, and I'm sorry, but you are very far away, and you tend to be the pragmatical, quiet country. So we don't know that much about your politics over right. here in EU. Yeah, and, and uh, the thing is, you had the mayor of Toronto, which uh, used crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. You had that guy. Yes. Yeah, Rob and, uh, Ford. Yep. He uh, and a lot of people, by the way, on American media, specifically on Crack.com, 
which found, which just popped up while I was doing some Googling for mm -hmm. this uh, show. Basically, these guys stated that your previous prime minister from the Conservative Party had been your essentially, <clears throat> quote, local analog of Donald Trump. No, that's not true. Now, no, this is, this a, is, this is, I, I, I have found information about these three politicians. Okay, wait now. When, Go on! When you, when you say, does it say that Conservative Party member's name is Stephen Harper? No, no, you're, yeah, 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 that's Stephen okay, Harper. Okay, no, no, he was nothing name. like Donald Trump. Nothing like him. Uh, in how he was a, Stephen Harper is a, uh, a career politician. He was from the West, and the West is uh, a more conservative area. The Prairie Provinces. We have thousands of kilometers that is nothing but flat and and grain and and farms, and that's a conservative area. He is from that area. He's from the city of Calgary. Now he is a. Uh, we had a we had a fractured right where there were two right-wing parties and the liberals were having an easy time and we had a prime minister for 12 years because of that divided right. Stephen Harper was able to unite the right. He is almost the complete opposite of Donald Trump where he is a, an excellent speaker, an excellent... Uh, writer he was almost he's just not a people person he was just seemed like he was a steady hand at the wheel during the global economic crisis he just seems like a person who's most at home being by himself doing work at a desk you know it's just complete opposite of donald trump okay but basically he was criticized as being such for his immigrant policies. Yes, and that's uh, and that's and... true. Yeah. Uh, however, um, yeah, I would I would say that's uh, that's accurate. And during the last election, that really uh, came to a head. Canadians basically had to choose to go further into that direction, where Stephen Harper seemed to try to court that thinking. Where, because Justin Trudeau was presenting the opposite case. One thing that Stephen Harper, they, it was it was really a dumb idea, which I found uncharacteristic of him, was set up a hotline for people to call if they observe barbaric cultural practices. Like any, someone like... <laughs> Is the most ridiculous what, thing. Like, what, what, what's a barbaric cultural practice? Like uh, female mutilation, a genital mutilation. <laughs> I'm not seeing witness it, but or any kind of. See, it was so obscure and so targeted at Islam. It was. Hey, do you, do you, do you know who also had a nice hotline to call? Basically, not to, you could call them, you could leave them an anonymous message and everything about when you saw some 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 barbaric practices which were not compatible with the regime. I, uh, oh wait, who would that be now? <laughs> oh no, I don't know. You 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 recently uh, ran a whole theme thing with them in your escape room. Oh wait, yeah, it was the KGB. That's right. Yeah. 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 
It, it totally doesn't sound anything like, you know, local people, you know, doing things on no. other people. And it was so preposterous and so uh, just, uh, it seemed like he was grasping because the tide was shifting. And uh, he was our prime minister for 10 years. And, oh, wow. Uh, he that's, was, a lo- that's, that's a long time. Yeah. I mean, and that's also one of the criticisms, by the way. Uh, I'll, I'll get to this one. I'll finally mm-hmm. do the Germany episode. But I think that prime ministers and, and leaders of countries should be, you know, they, they should change. Because even Angela Merkel and a lot of people here in the EU consider her to be a saint. Well, mm-hmm. you know, if you sit in power for longer than like eight years, then there are some things that, you know, I, I doubt, I really, really doubt people who say that they can completely escape corruption if they've been in, compl- in control of a major power. For yeah, it's a, a good time. point. It's, a, it's an interesting point. But that's, you're right, it's, that's uh, part of the parliamentary system. But I think after after a decade, your own underlings start to turn on you. Yeah, step definitely. aside, give someone else a kick. It's because you know, ten years it's it's a lot. So so he lost because I guess, I guess as far as I read, he tried to do the same thing that the Trump did. Basically, he tried to rally the more radical base, and it turns out Canada does not have such a huge radical base. That's of, right. You know. He was he was trying to shake that tree, but uh, he was very he was he was shaking it very gently um see canada fared remarkably well relative to other countries from the global economic crisis of 2008 remarkably our banking system is so highly regulated that the same calamities were not possible here and uh, somehow because whenever the United States economy takes a turn, ours takes a major turn because we're so dependent on trade with the U.S. But even then, with all, everything that was happening, relatively speaking, we did really great. Now, we were seeing the end of that crisis, and I think people were perceiving, okay, that's we no longer need Stephen Harper. It was uh, Justin Trudeau was young he was handsome he was presenting all he ran a positive campaign it was all about sunny ways and i think people were just ready for a change and could uh, you say, oh, oh my could you could you say he was stating like canada is already great yes eh? yeah yeah it was well i mean you can't really say canada's a mess when you've been the prime minister for 10 years <laughs> That's not a good. That's a, not a good plank in your platform. But I guess, yeah, well, it's 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 kind of weird. Well, what what is what this Trudeau guy is doing right now? Where Canada is going? I mean, are you are you also uh, thinking about dropping out of NATO or something? Absolutely not. No way. Canada. If you want to go into the Cold War stuff now, but uh, Canada was a like a, a founding member of nato and although we don't live up to our uh, commitments as far as military defense spending goes like i'd say most other nato countries uh we're firmly committed to nato 
Well, you kind of should, because you are the country which actually has to, you know, deal with with Russians the most, I think. Because yeah. they are your literally next-door neighbors. Certainly. Um, where I, from my office at work, when I look out the window, I see this 10-story structure that looks like a giant golf ball that was built in order to detect missiles coming from the Soviet Union. It's empty now, but that's it's still there on the hill, right, for everyone to see, hey, a remnant it, of it, the Cold War. It might get manned one day, I think, if, if things continue this way. But yeah, so this, yeah. this Trudeau person is, is essentially running the country in a more liberal way, but, you know, what would liberalism mean? How does Canadian liberalism differ from United States liberalism? Uh... Well, I mean, you, you, yeah. you, you, apparent, you haven't had the problems of institutional racism to the same level well, in the United States for a while. maybe not to the same level, but you certainly can't say we haven't had, I think everywhere with a multicultural uh, society has uh, racism problems. We, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'd say that to say that we didn't have it to the extent of the United States... I I don't know. I don't I'm not qualified to make that argument or or shoot it down. Well, Rob, you are so far the most pragmatical and and uh, the most pragmatical person ever. And, and this is this is kind of interesting cuz there is a there's a stereotype about Canadians that you know, Canadians are uh, they're the sane, reasonable Americans with common sense. It's like they're they're just Americans but sane. Yes, we have a comedy group who started in the 80s and there's a guy who's uh, vacationing down in the Caribbean and said, hey, are you American? He said, no, I'm Canadian. It's like an American, only with no gun. It, you know, <laughs> Wait a minute. That's constantly a constantly a, a joke that we have. Just I don't like- know, but... but- but the question, why don't you have guns? I mean, seriously, of all the places on planet Earth, you are you live closest to the polar bears. Right, yeah, and people have guns. It's not like guns are illegal. People can uh, people can have a gun if they want. Uh, as long as they... It, there's no... There's no gun lobby that I'm aware of in Canada. There's no uh, constitutional right to own a gun. You have to get the proper permits and the proper training, and uh, they have to be stored properly. But uh, you can people hunt and people uh, use guns rec- recreationally. Well, okay, but then 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 please answer me. This what, what happens in Canada? I mean, okay, you you had this uh, you had this horrific. Uh, horrific act of, of violence and shooting recently mm-hmm. but what else happens in Canada as far as like, uh, as far as politics shootings? go what, what oh. no not shootings oh, just okay. politics I mean things because you know I I listen to podcasts about United States politics a mm-hmm. lot and I know their arguments about things I know what happens in Euro Parliament but you never hear about any any weird sure. things in Canada yeah. except your one single mayor who used crack cocaine right. okay I'll give you I'll give you a a rundown it's of like, a, it's few, like, a few tidbits. It's like, it's like, okay, okay, just, just imagine this. Canada is this completely peaceful water filled with, you know, smiling people, 
there are Mounties there in this image that I'm painting. There's always Mounties whenever yeah. you're speaking about Canada. Sure. Maple syrup, which is great. We also yeah. have that in Latvia. Yeah. Then you should totally drink, totally use actual maple syrup because. Mm -hmm. uh, Pro tip, if you buy it from a major food chain, it will most likely not have anything no. to do with actual maple syrup. It'll be, it will yeah. probably not... It'll be just sugar with things. So here, uh, Food additives added. Yeah. But yeah, what's what's going on? So here's a, here's a couple of the things recently that everybody is talking about. Is, um, uh, last year we had a, a big debate over whether or not to allow assisted death. Uh, like uh, doctor-assisted suicide. That's like youth. That's something of a euthanasia. Exactly. Kind of it, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was passed through the House of Commons that uh, you could allow a doctor could help you uh, end your life. However, went to the Senate. They tried passing an amendment actually to give Canadians who aren't terminally ill access to doctor assisted death which was kind of like a, a ruling from the supreme court of canada but the house of commons rejected that amendment and uh sent the bill back again so there's also the this we're in the middle of a conservative leadership race stephen harper departed after he lost the election to D justin trudeau and now we have a conservative leadership race, which is turning out to be remarkably similar to the United States primary process, where someone is going to lead the conservative party, therefore they'll be prime minister should the conservative party win. Now, like the US, it's a huge field. I think there are 13 candidates that are vying to become prime minister. And just last week, a very uh, Donald Trump-esque person entered this race who was not a politician, who was a billionaire, who was on reality television, and is, for all accounts, a loudmouthed asshole. So he's now in there and, and uh, absorbing all this media attention. Now, just today, just today, now this is a businessman, right? Just today was the funeral for three of the men killed in that mosque in Quebec City that we talked about earlier. He tweeted a picture of him at a firing range shooting machine guns. And he, I mean, for, even if there was no funeral today, that was an embarrassing video because he looked like he was a, shitting his pants like he didn't know what he was doing at that gun range but just the optics of that <laughs> were like either he made that decision or somebody who's advising him has made the decision either way it was just horrible but now he's getting all this attention and he is uh considered one of the leaders now Unlike Donald Trump, at least to, there's no evidence that I have found or that uh, anyone is throwing around that he has uh, the same misogynistic, uh, xenophobic tendencies. He's all about uh, business at, at this point. 
there's another uh, candidate to the lead the conservatives who I mentioned earlier who wanted to, to wanted to screen immigrants for anti anti-Canadian values. So they're getting a certain group coalescing around them. Now because the field is so big, what I call the sensible vote will be diluted amongst the other 12 candidates which just like in the United States they had such a large field the the vote for a more conventional candidate was diluted and the kook vote was concentrated on Donald Trump whereas I think the same thing could even be happening here so whoever becomes uh, the conservative leader will take on Justin Trudeau in the next election. And the other thing, I guess, that is, uh, I guess, people are talking about as far as politics goes, uh, Justin Trudeau and Barack Obama had just an amazing relationship. They, Everyone was calling it a bromance. They got along so well. Now, Justin Trudeau, his counterpart in the United States is Donald Trump, which, as far as personality goes, they're, they're polar opposites. However, uh, one of Donald Trump's uh, campaign uh, planks was that he was going to tear up NAFTA, which is the North American Free Trade Agreement, which is very important to Canada. This being said, he he said he's more more on the on the on side of one-on-one -on -one agreements with countries as opposed to these uh, multilateral ones. And that being said, the United States has a huge trade deficit with Mexico, but the United States and Canada are pretty even, Stephen. So there's hope that that will that will stay in place. However, anything that Donald Trump does that affects the United States economy affects us just because there's such a huge uh, part of our economy, the trade that happens across that border. If uh, anything negative were to happen, it will undoubtedly impact us as well. Hmm. Well, so yeah, I guess I guess this is kind of similar to what we have here. We, you have this, you have this big neighbor, and what they do impacts you. So you're worried about what they're gonna do. Exactly, exactly. It's like the more I learn about Latvia, the more <laughs> I find we have in common. Well, well, that that's actually pretty nice. I mean, the flag colors are similar too. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, well, the one thing that I read about 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 the Canada is like. And this is one of the more interesting things which I like to be explained is that you have of this petition, apparently, that you have this immigration minister, apparently called Ahmed Hussein, who has listed one of his main changes, main priorities of the changing of your oath of citizenship. That they want to include, uh, include the line, including treaties with indigenous peoples in it, and so that it would read fully, I swear, or affirm uh, that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Queen of Canada, her heirs and successors, and that I will faithfully observe the laws of Canada, including treaties with indigenous peoples, and fulfill my duties as a Canadian citizen. The new line, like I said, is this, including treaties with indigenous peoples, and this is this is something new that's gonna gonna come up or something. 
Now, why is this so important? I mean, that's a line, and, and if it's a part of right. laws of Canada, then then what? Why is the treat? Why is including treaties with indigenous peoples so important that your minister of immigration would actually state it as as one of his top priorities? Now? Well, I think uh, this is. I think this has Justin Trudeau written all over it. Like he is always trying to position himself as uh, an ally of the indigenous population indigenous treaties have been ignored for forever since we've become a country uh justin trudeau has made it clear that the treatment of indigenous people in canada is one of his is one of his priorities Okay, I think I think that's kind of a good thing. I mean, as far as I've yeah, I I, as far as what difference it would make, I mean, changing the oath, I guess, is is negligible. But um, I think this is optics, I guess, or just a message that he uh, wants to make clear that uh, uh, that it, this is important for his government to uh, to honor indigenous treaties by the way you're very up on news because this is that was a, that's a very recent story what you know i obviously googled things up at least i just googled things in real up, time hours before the... <laughs> yeah okay well no not yeah. now just a couple of hours and save them up because you know yeah. i i can i can uh... I can read on about the facts of how your government works and the based on the principles before, but when it when it comes to the news, you have to stay on top. I mean, I am a journalist; I should know these things, right? You're right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but but basically, I don't know. This, Canada seems. I can't say that I understand Canada. It seems like a very. That's kind of a strange. It's a strange country, but I I can understand some similarities there. It's it's like. You're an American country that acts way more like I would expect European countries to act. Right. Sort of. And in a way. Except except you're you're now even more saner than, you know, the British people. But like when we what we had talked about before, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness versus peace, order, and good government. Like those those two things, you can see the American one, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it's very much to the individual. Whereas peace, order, and good government is more communal, and that's like that's the basis of our two countries, and those are the those are the the, the differences, I guess. Like our our celebrities don't live here, <laughs> you see. Like when uh, someone gets famous, they're gone to the United States. Well, I guess that's true of most of the world, but. Uh, like right now, like all the the top uh, pop singers and and things are Canadians, but uh, as soon as they reach that level, they're they're gone to the United States because that country and that their size rewards that. We don't have we don't have a star system in this country. Um, it's uh, I guess more of a. It, and when you look at things like uh, uh, socialized uh, health care 
and uh, yeah, different I, I'm, social I'm programs. It's 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 all it's all like very commune community related. Mm-hmm. See, it seems that way. I mean, when you think about how communities work, where community versus the individual, then yeah, it makes sense because if you care about the community more, then. And then I, it's easy to accept. Right. Then, then the the socialized healthcare works because one of the reasons why it works, for example, in European countries, is that we tend to be more homogeneous than than you or the United States. Right. And, and we have this inbuilt sense of community. And I don't know how how you build that kind of sense of community, but I do believe that there needs to be a very very kind of very close knit sense of communality going on. You you have to trust your countrymen that they will not be corrupt or steal your money to trust paying taxes for one. Right. And that's one of the things that I think about. And, and also, I have noticed that you don't hate your political opponents as much. You are not as polarized. At least it looks well, like not, from the we side. Well, not... I would say that uh, compared to the last U.S. election, that's true, but it's hard to get... It's hard to get worse than that, but it's, it's always changing, and who knows what uh, the next election will hold. After we've all seen, uh, like, Donald Trump has taught some very valuable lessons to a lot of people right around the world on how to uh, get to the top. And some methods you would think uh, wouldn't work, but uh, I bet we'll see a lot more people trying them over the next few years right around, right around the whole world. Well, I guess so. It's and it's kind of it's really valuable to speak with you, but it's really getting to about it's about three three a.m. in the morning here, and uh, I would I would I would gladly speak more with you, but I I really need to wrap this up because sure. I'm I'm starting to get tired, and you after so many hours of talking are also getting <laughs> getting a bit tired, and you can you can feel it. So let's just end this end this while we still can on a happy note, and I hope this was all clear for all of you. If you have any advice to other people, what what is the one thing that you want to know people? What what do you, what do you want people to know about Canada? Like, how would you how would you state about your country? Like, in short. Uh, well, I'm I'm gonna quote a hockey movie that maybe you oh, wow. have seen. <laughs> do you ever see the movie Mystery Alaska? Well, when talking about the town where they were all from. Burt Reynolds' character said, people here really value their pride and their illusions. And he suggested they cling to both. So Canada's a proud country. Most often, I would say, deservedly so. But, you know, we have, uh, when, we look, when we look hard, there's, there's places where we can improve. And I guess that's true of most countries. Oh wow! I don't know, but this is this is this is this is kind of weird because when you think about, I don't. Can you name any negative stereotype about Canadians? Really, I don't. Well, know. I don't know them. I don't know stereo Canada stereotypes because, um, you know, you would know them better than me. I well, know. as far as I know, you are all terribly polite. Check. You apologize all the time. Check. You are the nicest, kindest people like ever. Check. Yeah, but you, I've been, I've traveled around and I don't find that Canadians any different than people around the world. I find there are friendly people all over. Of course, of course, but you are now being so very Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Chris Tapps. 
<laughs> wow, thanks, man. Okay, and I'll and I'll and, and and let us end this. And and thank you for being here. And I hope this helped a lot of people. I had a great time, and again, thank you very much for this opportunity. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.